Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Great to have you in church today. I want to give you a welcome if you're a guest with us. It's amazing to have you here today. Uh, If you're visiting, we hope that you're blessed. If you're a regular, I hope God messes you up today. That's my pray for you. And, uh, you know, we've got many VIPs in the room today, but I did want to just welcome some special guests who are with us from Vanuatu today. Uh, Where's Jeff and Jenny? There we go. So I just wanted to welcome Pastor Hezekiah and Joy from Vanuatu. And it's awesome to have you with us. Uh, leading a church in Vanuatu, also a part of a prayer ministry, a prayer movement over the Pacific region. And uh, later in the year, when some of us are heading over to Israel, we'll be connecting over there for um, a prayer conference also, which is going to be amazing. But blessing to have you guys with us. And I pray that today this is home for you guys as you're away from your church home. Is everyone ready to get in the Word this morning? Yes? All right, we're going to pray. Pray with me, Father, we pray that your word would penetrate deep into our hearts this morning, that it would be seed planted into our hearts that will grow, it'll take and it'll grow into something massive in our lives and that'd be a great fruit, Lord. And so we want to say yes and amen to the ministry of the word in this place this morning and yes and amen to the ministry of your spirit in this place, Father, we need you. We need the work of your spirit. We need your work uh, to come and bring revelation to us. We need your spirit to come and break down things uh, that are in the way, Lord, so we can be transformed and renewed. And so we pray for the person on our left and our right today. We say, Holy Spirit, come and get them good. In Jesus' name, amen. Just point to the person next to you, say, that's you. Get them, Lord. Get them, Lord. Come on. All right, if you have your Bible, we're going to get straight into it this morning. John chapter 4. Let's go to John chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 19. And we are jumping into the middle of a conversation that Jesus is having with a Samaritan woman. For many of us, this will be a very familiar passage of Scripture. I'm just going to touch on a tiny part of it today. John 4, starting at verse 19. Give me a yell if you're there. Who's got a pen ready to get their Bible dirty today, take notes? Yes? There's one cool person in the room. Any other cool people in the room today? Okay. All right, let's read this. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, The time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. 
You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Everyone say spirit and truth for me. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So this is an interesting scene we see unfolding here. And this lady is clearly uncomfortable at how deep Jesus was going in the conversation. And so like any uncomfortable person, she tries to take the conversation to a different place and get the emphasis off her and her life and onto external things. But uh, how many people know you can try and be sneaky with Jesus, uh, but he, he, he knows everything, right? He can see around that stuff. And so she asks where the right place to worship is. And perhaps in some way this was actually a genuine question for her. But Jesus, as he does, answers this question in an amazing way and he essentially shifts the focus from where worship takes place to how and who you worship. And how many people know that that is more important? In other words, it's not the location that signifies authentic worship. And so if we have this thought that we come to church and because we've come to church and we've done some karaoke this morning that we can tick the box of worship, then Jesus is saying to us today, that doesn't make us a worshipper. Just being in this location does not make us a worshipper. Matthew 15, Jesus said this, These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And so this worship in spirit and truth is what the Father is looking for, and it's worship where our hearts and our spirit are actually engaged, giving the Father glory. And so we, we all know, right, we know that we can come into this place and we can worship without our hearts being engaged, right? Some of you have been doing it this morning. You've been thinking about the barbecue you're having at lunch, right? Some people are doing it now. You've seen the cheeseburger here and you're thinking about Maccas today, <laughs> right? And it's here, the cheeseburger, this cheeseburger from McDonald's. But it's, and it's easy for us. It's easy for us to become distracted. It's easy for us to come in like Deb was saying this morning. We bring these things in with us and some of those things we don't put down. And then we move into this space where we gather for worship. It's all about Him. And yet for some of us, it's not really all about Him, right? And so this conversation is taking place and this is where Jesus lands. He says, God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And today I just want to speak really briefly on this topic of spirit and truth because this is a core value of our church. We describe ourselves as a spirit and truth church. But really, what is a spirit and truth church? 
is the question. And I want you to hear this today, is that spirit and truth were never meant to be separated. And we have tried over years, church leaders and churches and people have tried to separate the two. I'm all for truth. I love God's word. Not so sure about that spirit stuff or I'm all about the spirit stuff. Man, I love that. Not so keen on the word of God. A little restrictive at times, imposes on my lifestyle. But I'm telling you today that the Father's plan is that the two would never be separated. This is a quote from Mike Bickle who was the founder of uh, IHOP, he said this, if you have the spirit without the word, you blow up. (laughs) It gets messy. If you have the word without the spirit, you dry up. If you have both the word and the spirit, you grow up. How many people want to grow up? Yeah? I don't think any of us want to dry up or blow up. Okay? But so often churches, they they head in one direction. And don't get me wrong, if you talk to most pastors and church leaders, they'll say, oh, we're a spirit and truth church. No doubt about it. But here's what happened is, is people or churches who focus on the truth side of things, they can end up with all this knowledge puffed up, as the scriptures say, but no evidence of that knowledge being applied in their daily life. It's just information and there's no transformation. And the risk is that intellect or knowledge or even the Bible actually becomes an idol in itself, something that people worship. You can have people who know the Bible inside and out and yet do not know the God of the Bible. That's very possible. And the flip side of this is churches and people who focus on the work of spirit and they give little attention to the word of God which grounds us and guides us and reveals his truth and his ways for us. And where the spirit of God naturally engages with the person, which is emotions, it is feelings, people who get scared of those things, the spirit of God works powerfully in those places. This can be a very subjective area, a place where people can just get a bit scared of. And then you end up in these extremes where crazy things can be done in the Lord's name. God told me this. God told me that. Therefore, this is what we're going to do. And these things happen. There's no doubt about that. But there's a risk there that when you go too far in that direction, you end up in this place where the Word of God is not there to guide you and keep you close to the Father's heart. I, don't, I, I hope this is all right this morning, but there, there's some descriptions that go around at times. On, on the kind of conservative end here, these people are sometimes referred to as the frozen chosen. And uh, you might know people who like, you know, I throw up my hands and they're really singing, I'm not going to throw up my hands and I'll praise you in my heart. And then on the other extreme, you have the happy clappers. Do we have any happy clappers in the room? Okay. And the happy clappers are going after the thrills and the chills. Amen. But here's the thing. 
We do, what's natural for us is to say, okay, the healthy space is 50-50. But in reality, what we see in the scriptures, what we see in the life of Jesus is that the healthy space is 100% of both. 100% word and 100% spirit. Why can't you have both, right? And here's... Here's where I'm heading with this today, is that the two cannot be separated. The Father's plan is that the true worshippers would worship in spirit and truth. So I got my cheeseburger here on my Bible. And uh, does anyone love a Macca's cheeseburger? (laughs) Who doesn't love a Macca's cheeseburger? All right. All right. It's a terrible example. Thanks, Ruben. It is a day old. I did buy it yesterday, but we all know it'll look the same in a year's time. You would never tell. Look at that. It looks like it's just come out. This cheeseburger is in pristine condition. Now, There's a controversial part to the cheeseburger, isn't there? It's really in there, good. Who loves a pickle? Does anyone need to leave the room? Now, I knew this was going to get contentious today, but I'm here to tell you that the pickle belongs on the cheeseburger. And if you don't believe that, there will be inner healing at the end of the service for you. And uh, I'm sure I've got a verse here somewhere that backs this up. I'll have to find that later anyway. But here's the risk. The risk is that we come to our faith, to our understanding of God and the life that we're living for Him with a cheeseburger theology. And what's a cheeseburger theology? Is that we take the parts we don't like and we throw them out. Who knows where the pickles end up when you're in Maccas? Usually on the window or the roof, right? Next time you're there, have a look up. And we can come to our faith and do exactly the same thing, right? But I would suggest that the pickle belongs in the cheeseburger. The two were never meant to be separated. And we come to our faith and we pull it apart and the pickles come out and the onions come out and the mustard goes out and we look at these things and we go, well, this is um, speaking in tongues. Oh, that's weird, I don't like that. Well, that's getting stuck to the roof. And we look at forgiveness and we go, well, Lord, that's just too hard to do. Not so keen on on that bit. Loving your family, well, respecting your mother and father. Like this just gets harder and harder, right? And so we can come to our faith and we can pick out all these things and we can say that we're a word or we're a truth or we're a spirit person and yet we're coming with this cheeseburger theology where we're selective and we want it to look exactly 
how it should be if we were to be comfortable with it. And I can just tell you this, and this is going to scare a few people off, but I'm not sure how concerned God is with your comfort. I actually know a God, and for me, He loves to stretch me out of my place of comfort. He loves to stretch. That's who He is. And we pray, and we we pray for peace, and we pray for comfort, and all those things, but the Father loves the places where he's moving us out of our place of comfort. So let me give you a little definition around spirit and truth this morning. First of all, truth, just a couple of scriptures on this, Hebrew 4, amazing scripture for the Word of God. It says, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. John 14, when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Why am I sharing this in the context of the word, the truth? Because we see that the Holy Spirit is one who helps us receive the revelation of God. You can open up the Word of God and it can just be words on a page. But we've just read that the Word of God is alive and active. When the Holy Spirit comes and partners with us as we come to the Word of God, then we receive the revelation the Father is looking for us to receive. Amen? And so we don't want to separate the two. The truth component of spirit and truth in a church will be the evidence of the whole Word of God, not just being taught and believed, but being Active being applied in the church. If you're a word church and you come to something like speaking in tongues and think, well, we just ignore that part of the scriptures, you are not a word church, right? And so many people who are people of the word come with this cheeseburger theology. And I want to warn you against this, even if there are things that are uncomfortable for you in the scriptures. This is a risky, risky place to be because you will start worshipping a form of faith that is your own and not the Father's. Risky territory. Spirit. Galatians 3. This question was posed to the Galatians. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? And so if we're saved by faith, we believe in what Jesus has done for us, what the Father has done in His great love in sending the Son to be in our place, then why would we move into our own strength after we receive that salvation? 
And yet so often that's what we do when we think we've got our golden ticket, I'm getting into heaven, life is good. But the Father says, no, there's more because I've put my spirit in you and empowered you now for life and life abundant. It starts now. It's now and forever. If it wasn't meant to be this way, then why would Jesus say you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He didn't just say, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is wonderful at convicting people of sin. You're gonna come in handy for your whole life. The Holy Spirit will do that. Now, I'm not saying the Holy Spirit doesn't do that. Holy Spirit does do that and that's a wonderful blessing. But that's not the extent of the work of the Holy Spirit. Is that explosive? This word power is explosive. Jesus said you will receive power, explosive, dynamite-like power to be released into your life so you can be my witnesses, so you can live as people who have seen what the Father's done and do it, and others will see it. How many people are tired of powerless Christianity. We strive and we strive and we strive, and yet it comes from the Father. This 1 Thessalonians 1 For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance of what we said was true. So the spirit component of spirit and truth in a church will be seen in the application and the trust in the work of the Holy Spirit. We will see the spiritual gifts at work. We will see evidence of the power of God at work. Now, if you want to shut those things down, it is more than possible to do that. If we want to say to the Lord, Lord, That stuff's not welcome in this place. That makes us uncomfortable. He hears those things. But if we say, Father, come and have your way in this place, we welcome the work of your spirit in this place because it achieves what we cannot do, Holy Spirit will come and we'll see amazing things happen in his name. Now, they don't teach you this stuff at Bible college. I want you to know that. They don't say, here's what it looks like. Here's how you do this stuff. Now, I just want to share a little bit of our story with this today because going back about 15 years ago now, I moved from working in the electrical industry. I went to Bible college and into my first pastoring role at Bridgman Baptist Church. Uh, I was the worship pastor and overseeing youth there as well. And it was an amazing place to start out ministry. And I was actually there for um, 13 years. That was our home church for 13 years. And in that time, we saw thousands and thousands of people uh, come, start coming church. We saw the church explode to grow and we saw God do amazing things. But after a couple of years... God started stirring up some new things in me. 
And one of the trigger points for this was when a very close friend of mine came to me one day and he said, man, I've just watched this DVD and it's God, God just used it. He's messed me up. And I reckon you should check it out. And I was like, okay, what's the go? And he goes, well, he told me a bit about it. He said, it's this DVD, it's this guy, he's a filmmaker, and he heard about God performing miracles all over the world. And he was a bit sus on some of these stories. And so he thought, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to explore them. I'm going to find out, number one, whether they're true, whether God really does those things, and number two, whether I can actually get them on film. And so he made this DVD about the journey that God took him on. So I took this DVD home and Liz and I sat down and we watched this DVD. And for us, God used it to challenge our hearts. And as we kind of processed things in this point in time, we realised that we'd been living with God in a box. That we had built this box of what God can do, what he can't do, maybe what he does sometimes, but hardly ever. And we'd put God, our great big God, we'd put him in this box. We were pretty comfortable with where God was in this box. But God was starting to say, hey, it's time for me to come out of the box. And so he started getting our attention. We started praying and really seeking the Lord and saying, God, like, what are you doing in this season? Because we could feel, we just knew there was something new and different going on in us. And around that same time, I'd been actually praying about receiving a heavenly prayer language. And I'd been praying and I'd been desiring this as the scriptures, I'd, I'd read the scriptures, said, well, I don't have this, but it's there. And I asked the Lord for it. I remember one day in worship, I started speaking in tongues. Just one moment I was singing in English. Next time I was just singing in tongues and I was like, whoa, what's going on here? Now, a tongue-speaking Baptist pastor at that time was a unique thing. I'll just say that. While that was going on, God was giving lists, dreams and visions, prophetic words for people that were incredibly accurate as we started sharing them and praying for people. And we were like, hey, what's this? This prophetic thing is a bit weird. But we knew that we're given spiritual gifts and we're called to steward those spiritual gifts. And so we searched around and we found a church that provided some training and some equipping and some teaching around prophetic and dreams. And so Liz went and did this course and grew significantly in that gift in that time. So now we've got a tongue-speaking Baptist pastor and his incredibly prophetic wife who um, is getting downloads from heaven and we're saying, Lord... Uh, what is going on here? And we had this wrestle inside of us because we were seeing that every Sunday churches were being filled up with people. People were attending church and yet we were not seeing the power of God come and transform lives in the way that we knew the Father could do it. 
And so we had this wrestle and in that wrestle, mind you, like never once, I don't, I don't want it to sound like we were down on the church or judging the church. It was a season for us where we were just saying, well, Lord, what does the more look like? And is the more possible? Is the more real? And so God's taking us on this journey. And at the same time, we get approached by the leadership at Bridgman and say, hey, uh, would you consider planting a church? And we had never thought about planting a church in our life. The thought had never popped into our heads. Some people are just so keen to plant a church, we'd never even thought about it. And so we started praying about it and we realised the Father was calling us to lead a church. And we realised spirit and truth was what the Father was calling us to. And we still had no idea what we were doing. But a month into Hope Community being planted, we started seeing the sick being healed. We started seeing people engaging with the Word of God and growing and being transformed. We started seeing the work of the Holy Spirit. I remember there was a man who came to faith and he was addicted to cigarettes, just chain smoking all the time. I remember some people came to us and said, hey, is someone going to tell him that, you know, that's not a great thing anymore? And we said, well, hey, just give it time for God to tell him. Let's see what the Holy Spirit's going to do. And sure enough, the Holy Spirit came and spoke to him crystal clear. No one had to approach him and tell him. He came to church one Sunday and he said, you know what? I think God wants me to give up smoking. He's telling me this and I'm thinking, oh, goodness gracious. I know the Lord can raise people from the dead, but I don't know if he can help you quit smoking. <laughs> That's honestly what was going on inside me. And I, he, he was a delivery driver at the time. He had someone else in the truck with him every day who was a chain smoker also. And I was like, this is impossible. But I said, man, we're going to pray. And so we prayed, Lord, help him. If you're in this, give him strength to do it. He turns up at work on Monday. He says to the other driver, guess what? I'm quitting smoking. And the other driver says, so am I. I just decided on the weekend. Together they go to 7-Eleven and they stock up on lollies instead of cigarettes and they're driving around doing their deliveries, just chowing down on sugar. But it was the work of the Holy Spirit. It was not something that we pushed. We didn't need to because there was spirit and truth and the Father was revealing his heart to this person and that's when beautiful things happen. Another thing that happened in this season was God spoke to me very clearly. He said, Dan, I want you to read the book of Acts and underline every time you see something supernatural. Now, anyone who knows the book of Acts well knows that you end up underlining the whole book of Acts, right? It's the power of God at work. But you know what? I'd been to Bible college. I have a degree, a theological degree, and I didn't know that. I had studied the book of Acts at Bible college and somehow missed the supernatural. I'm sorry, I know I'm dumb. <laughs> I don't know how that happens, but it did. 
And so God showed me this in that time and we realised there's more. Now, I, I am not coming to this saying, hey, this is a Dan and Liz vision for Hope Community. I am coming to you today saying this is a Jesus vision for his church, his people. This is a Bible vision. This is a very simple, real thing. And so in this scene, we see with Jesus and the Samaritan woman, there's this interaction going on. And here in this place, we see the revelation, the work of the Spirit taking place through Jesus. Now, Jesus, uh, this lady encounters Jesus like literally in the flesh, but also supernaturally has a revelation that he is the Messiah, her Saviour. And then Jesus, and then she goes and gets the whole village and says, come and see this man who told me everything I'd ever done. And, and they came. But in verse 35, Jesus says this. He says, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. And in this context, he's talking to his disciples who are with him. They've witnessed this interaction They've witnessed Jesus operating in the power of the Spirit, doing something that was humanly impossible but not impossible for God. And Jesus is saying to them, there is more. The fields are ripe for harvest. What you've just seen is what disciples of Jesus do. There is more. This is what it looks like. And this is the calling for us, is that we be people who lead others to become true worshippers in spirit and in truth. People are full of the Holy Spirit and full of revelation of God as they come into the Word and find truth. This is what God's calling us to. Here's a challenging thought for you, right? Anyone who's just comfortable at church, and I hope you're not comfortable here, to be honest, But if, what if Jesus was here this morning? What if Jesus was here this morning? It's pretty easy to know what it would look like. If you read the Gospels, it, it would be messy. Like, first of all, he doesn't adhere to social norms, right? We sit down, we stand up, we say this, we do this. I think Jesus would just be like, oh, whatever. Like... You know, that would annoy some people. What's this guy doing, Dan? What's this guy doing? Well, he's Jesus. Give him a break, all right? (laughs) People would be getting healed. He'd be praying for the sick. He'd have compassion on the heartbroken and the lost. He'd be bringing that heart to them. He'd be saying, I see you. I know who you are. I love you. Come and follow me. There would be demons manifesting. That's what happened in Jesus' presence. Evil would get fired up, stirred up. That would be happening if Jesus were here. He'd annoy a whole heap of religious people. Probably wouldn't be wearing the right thing or saying the right thing or doing the right thing. And we'd be annoyed He'd go home to have lunch with someone and we'd be thinking, why is he going with them? Like, does he not know who they are? 
It'd be messy, right? But we know, we know that that's how it would look because of God's heart for people. He longs to see people encounter him. And it's not always tidy. It's not always comfortable. A church that welcomes the work of God is going to see the same things that Jesus saw happen. When Jesus' presence manifests in a place, those things are going to happen in that place also. People are going to get healed. People are going to get set free. Demons are going to manifest. That's because the light is coming and the darkness flees. And is it weird? Yep. Is it distracting? Sure. Is it one of our favourite things? Not really. But how can we pray for freedom for people if we're not willing to see people get set free? Right? It's going to be part of it. And I would tell you this, that the more Jesus manifests his presence in a place, we're probably going to see more of those things. I can tell you this, where Jesus' presence manifests, it's not necessarily seeker-sensitive. He's setting a man free who has the strength from demons to break chains and cuts himself. And we're thinking, oh man, this is the day Tom finally came to church. (laughs) And here's this demon guy screaming and rolling around. It's not exactly seeker sensitive, right? Social norms where Jesus comes and he says, hey, like I'm not interested in this comfort thing. Let's go deep. Let's talk about where you're at. Let's have some spiritual conversations. Let's talk about how this week's been for you, where you're heading in life with me. And we're thinking, I don't know about that. I don't know if I want to go there. Jesus is saying, I can see all the stuff. That's uncomfortable, right? He sees into our hearts. He sees what's there. But this is what a church looks like. When spirit and truth are together and in operation, the presence of Jesus is welcome in those places and he changes lives. You know, the truth is that we could build a huge church in Burpengary without doing any of the things that Jesus did. We could do those things. We could make it so comfortable You get a Krispy Kreme donut every Sunday. (laughs) Steak burger every Sunday. Like we could just do everything so that people are just comfortable. We could build a massive church and yet we would miss out on the best things, the things that God wants to do. I'm going to get the band up and uh, I'm just going to close with a couple of things. This, is, this was a prophecy from Smith Wigglesworth in 1947. He said this, When the Word and Spirit come together, there will be the biggest move of the Holy Spirit that the nations and indeed the world have ever seen. It will mark the beginning of a revival that will eclipse anything that has been witnessed within these shores, even the Wesleyan and Welsh revivals of former years. When the Word and the Spirit come together. And I believe 
the Father is shaking up His church. Right across the world right now, He's shaking up His church. He's drawing people into His Word and calling them to trust in the work of His Spirit. And this is a time where we need it. We need it. We look across our society. There are so many things going on right now. We need a mighty move of God. We need our churches to be lit on fire by the Father of heaven. This is what we need. And our churches are full of people. It's you and me. And so we need to be people who are meeting the Father in the Word, grounded in the truth, letting that Word of God transform us and renew us and guide us and lead us, and then moving in the power of His Spirit. If you truly engage with His Word, it's hard not to see the work of the Spirit coming out of you. I can tell you that. And can I just be clear? I like the YouVersion Bible app, wonderful. Craig Rochelle, amazing. It's really good. I am not talking about verse of the day. Okay, let legalistic Dan get in here for a moment. Two minutes in the Word of God a day is a snack. And I'm not saying there has to be a time frame on every day or anything like that. But I'm saying a place that we set aside and we come to the Word of God and we invite the Holy Spirit into that space and we have something that's guiding us or leading us to read through the Scriptures. And in that time, we come away from that and we feel like, oh, the Father's given me something to go into my day, my week with, something that needs to change. We're engaging with the Word of God. Is that all right? We need this. We need this. We all need this. All right, so let me just wrap up with two things. Um, first of all, can we make sure that we, we don't get judgmental in this space? It's easy to look at other churches and, and, and make judgments. Oh, they, you know, they're the frozen chosen. They just need the Holy Spirit over there in that church or they're crazy over there. They need some Word of God in that church. It's not how it's meant to be. The Father calls us to love. And I really believe the Father takes us all on a journey right through life as He reveals Himself to us. Can we pray that people who maybe aren't there yet will experience the Father and all He has for them? That churches would see the same, that God will pour out His Spirit on churches all around us. Let's be people who love, especially other Christians, love really, really well. The last thing is this, is, is that if you are here today and um, you're not engaging with the Word of God or let's say you haven't had an encounter with the Lord or for many years now, you're living off an encounter years ago or you're, you know, you're hearing other people sharing testimonies of what God's done and your testimony, best one you've got, goes back seven years now. These are indicators that it's time for us to press in. And I'm not talking about striving. This is not what we, what we need to manufacture. I'm talking about abiding. Abiding in the Father's presence. 
And so He calls us to this weird and wonderful thing where we step into rest and that's where He gets to work. And I wanna encourage you that maybe if, you're, if God's saying something this morning, then it's time to get away with Him. Take the day off. If you're spiritual, you call it a retreat day. Take a retreat day, take your Bible, plan some stuff out, even get some tools to take on that time, whatever it looks like, but let's start to retreat. Let's start to abide in the Father and then He'll reveal what He has for us. Can I invite you to jump on your feet? There's some good opportunities coming up in our church. If you wanna be equipped in these things, next Sunday with foundations coming, uh, foundations starting up, you can go there and get grounded in the Word of God. Deb has living in freedom that is starting shortly as well. If you wanna go and learn about getting our hearts right with the Lord and moving forward in freedom, amazing course. It's only four weeks and it will transform you. The Father will meet you in that place. So can I ask you just to close your eyes and we're just gonna pray. And if you're here this morning and you're thinking, yep, I need more Word in my life, start to just pray and ask the Lord that He would help you with that. If you're here this morning and you're thinking, yeah, I haven't, there's no evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in my life in power, start to say to the Lord, I want that evidence. Father, manifest in me, in power, the work of Your Spirit, Lord. I wanna submit myself to You. I lay down my fear, my comfort, and welcome the work of Your Spirit, Lord. And I pray that I'll have my own testimonies of Your power at work in me and through me. Father, help us to be true worshippers. Help us to be people that worship in spirit and truth. Father, lead us to be a church that would worship in spirit and in truth. If Father, we thank You that You are good, that as we release, as we trust, as we press in, You got great things, Lord. Great things for each one of us, great things for our church, great things for the churches all around us, great things for the church in Vanuatu, great things for Your church globally, Father. You're a good God. so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.